Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast, where we try to give you some actionable items to take back into your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 600-seat BPO outsourcer located here in uh, now hot and steamy Erie, Pennsylvania. Let's get right into this. I think we have a longer episode. We have an amazing guest today. We've been trying to put this together for a long time, so I I really do appreciate it. Here with me today is Paul Jarman. Paul is the CEO of Now Nice CX1. So, Paul, thank you so much. I'm so excited. We have so many things that I want to talk about. Thank you uh, for joining. Hey, it's great to be here and good to be on your podcast. So uh, excited to have the time together. Yeah, you know, we've talked a bunch of times at at interactions or ICVC, but I think it'll be really cool to be able to pick your brain for a half hour or so on on some of these topics that I know I've been getting some emails too with some of these questions. So, you know, from listeners and from some of the things that I have, I'm pretty excited here. I think most people know who you are. So from an introduction standpoint, maybe we could take it into a little bit of a different angle. Can you give kind of the entrepreneurial outside of the technology stuff right now, the entrepreneurial story of in contact, right? From the, the 1997 start as, as kind of a, a unified carrier of long distance to what made you guys think that, hey, maybe this cloud contact center has something. And then maybe with to getting up to that merger with NICE that, that happened a couple of years ago. Can you just, you know, real quick kind of talk and walk us through how that all worked? Yeah, you bet. So, you know, really what happened was back in 97, 98, you're right. We started in telecommunications and Our goal at the first was just to provide a better service model using the same networks that the telecoms did. And we thought that if we made it easier for customers to be successful, we had unique distribution, and then we just leveraged the same networks everybody else has, we could do something different. And we did that for a couple of years. It went well, but we realized at the end of the day is that we weren't going to be that different. We weren't going to have our own unique products. So we started to look in the market and say, okay, where could we create a more unique, differentiated business than really the resale of telecommunications with a better mm-hmm. service model? And, and along the way, we, we came across the idea around cloud contact centers. We bought a, a little company called MyECD. It was like for you know six, seven million dollars, and it was connected at that point to we had we'd owned some switches at that point through an acquisition of iLink, and we said, could we take our networks and could we take this at that time, which was kind of a cloud ACD, and make it into a cloud service model? And that was back in like two thousand five, two thousand six. And we really, we kind of said, okay, can we just take the cash flow that's coming from our telecom and build a new business? And we started that journey for a couple of years and there was wins and losses and good and and a lot of different learnings along the way. And by about 2010, we got to the point where we were starting to get customers. We were starting to get some traction. It was still really early in the cloud days. 
Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of started becoming better at it and seeing the market starting to accept the cloud. So there's a lot of a lot of points, highs, lows, exciting things that happen from 10 to 20 um, as the market started to change. And then we started to see that it was not just a cloud ACD, but now it was cloud omni-channel and digital. And then we, with the acquisition with NICE, we brought in analytics and, and all of the workforce engagement tools. And then we just keep going where now it's even a lot more than that. And, and, and you look at what we've done recently in self-service and other parts of digital. So it's been a really interesting journey for me personally. It's been over 20 years. And you know, I remember the first days was seven or eight employees. And, you know, today we've got uh, on the CX1 side of close to 2,500 people. So, so it's been a really interesting and fun journey along the way. No, that's, that's awesome. And, and I don't know, that's one of the main questions I've always kind of wanted to, to ask you. Did, did a little research, at least I knew like 1997 and then, you know, those kind of dates. But, you know, thank you for that. That's, that's interesting. And I think, you know, that resonates with, with a lot of us, you know, because we started here at Expedia with four employees now, and you know we're at that five six hundred, and what a what a journey that that kind of goes. So let's get into kind of the, I guess the meat and potatoes here of of what I really want to pick your brain on and and kind of really your expertise. So the first thing is is AI, and you know, so many of us have a different definition, especially when it comes to CX and, and contact center of of what AI really means, right? The chatbot guys think it's going to take everything over someday. You know, a lot of, I think, organizations like you see it right now as empowering agents and, and really trying to enforce it into lots of different tools that you have. Can you kind of just talk about where you see AI, maybe even getting specifically into conversational AI, where that technology is now and, and where you see that really having the most impact? Yeah, you know, and it's a, it's a great question. And, and AI is a really big word because it affects a lot of different places within a contact center. So I think I think to start with that answer, I need to step back for a second, give you a couple of the places where we see AI can be effective. Certainly, uh, we see that AI can be effective in self-service. Certainly, we see that AI can be very effective in agent assistance, both in automation of the work and in helping educate and give relevant knowledge to the agent at the right time, at the right moment, to help with whatever interactions they're having. We also see a lot of AI in coaching around, you know, what they say and how they say it and and just the, the personal aspect of, of coaching through analytics and, and sentiment. We see a lot of AI that helps with giving businesses insight to their business and what's happening and how their agents are doing and automation and sophistication of quality management and coaching and performance. And AI is changing how we think of forecasting and scheduling mm-hmm. and how you do that in a digital world. And and also we're using a lot of AI today in what I call the, the these digital touch points. You know, how do you use intelligence to make the experience of the website better? The proactive experience better to an agent, the the connection to the mobile experience better. So we literally have like 15 different AI projects all across the company. And a lot of that is coming together with what we call enlightened. So we have a common framework and a common label data. And we have really the most customer experience data in the world today that we can work from. So, so it's a combination of this rich data set and CX 
with all of these AI tools that we build across the, the different parts of our history and then how all that works within the CX-1 platform to make it work across the journey and across the suite and everything. But I think AI is, is having and will have in its broadest sense, a really massive effect on where the contact centers go. And, and we're already seeing it today. You mm-hmm. know, I was on with a customer in Australia yesterday and, and they're using an AI application with us and they think it'll save them $2 million, uh, a two, 2.4 million a year. Uh, and this is just a single kind of application in AI, which is helping them shorten, shorten their calls through right. automation of, you know, dispositions and things like that. And so it's amazing just how many places it can make a real difference to a company. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, we're even at the tip of the iceberg with that of, of use cases, right? And, and I think that's the cool thing too, what you guys would have such a different diverse customer base. There's so many customers that, that are probably asking for different uses for it as well. There's kind of a, I don't know, maybe a ham and egg with that, right? Which is kind of what you kind of alluded to with, with speech analytics. And I know there's an, kind of an AI engine with that. I'm a huge, huge proponent, as everybody who listens to the podcast knows, on on analytics. We use the interaction analytics tool that that you guys have. And you know, from being able to not just have kind of a, I don't want to say a button a seat from an agent trying to give really good service, but to to give insights to customers to say, hey, 28% of your customers said that that product was too expensive last month, right? Maybe make a pivot here on, on some of the marketing. You know, we're actually trying to pay our reps off of sentiment. So... It's a really cool tool. Also with that, I think, is, as you alluded to, is, is real-time guidance and real-time transcription. Can you kind of talk about, I mean, I know, you know where analytics is from a data gathering and then using it as a tool to, to kind of make decisions to real-time engagement with the associate and where that's moving to. Yeah. So, so first of all, one of the things we've learned and, and, we've, and we're seeing tremendous success with right now is, is to to use all of our data to create models. And the models allow you to have predicted behaviors equal predicted results. And so with these AI models, you know, we can give them to you now where you can really change your quality monitoring and quality assurance processes. You can really change your coaching processes. Mm -hmm. You can really change your agent assistance processes. So it starts with the data and the data models that we now can run a company's data through and come with very specific recommendations. And in the past, we, we ran these models and we provided it, you know, not real time, but it would be provided to you. So you'd use it in your QM or, or mm-hmm. other areas, right? And then obviously what we've done recently is we provide it real time. So it can actually affect the real time conversation real-time agent assistance while the, the agent and the customer are on the phone together. So there are, you know, like you said, you know, we are creating a lot of insight for a company to run their business better. We're creating a lot of insight to help you make and have better agents. But now we're creating a lot of insight to help you, the agent, real-time perform in that kind of moment and interaction to do a better job. So, all of this is, is it's amazing where it's going, but it does change a lot, the consistency and quality of the interaction. Paul, do you see with that, do you see a correlation directly from agent or customer sentiment to NPS or CSAT? Do you see sentiment ever taking over 
for kind of those those two kind of quality tools? You know, certainly what we see is there's 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 after call coaching, right, which which helps train an agent what they can do better. And we do see improvement from that. And we see a return on NPS in those efforts. But what we're now also seeing more of is that real-time coaching is probably even more effective. Mm-hmm. So that as we hand the agent suggestions real-time while they're on the call, it, it, it gives them insight into what to do in the next two seconds, not tomorrow's calls, right? And so we do see that correlate to better CSAT, which, you know, in most cases, better CSAT correlates to better MPS as well. Right. Do you see sentiment ever being the end-all be-all, or do you still see a place for NPS and CSAT? I I think that, you know, know, real-time sentiment can help you uh, as a leading indicator, right? Um, I still think that it's good to ask customers the question, mm-hmm. you know, will you refer or, you know, and so I do think, and then there's a lot of, you know, people using a little bit more of just, uh, you know, how hard was the interaction, right? So how easy are we to do business with? So I do think there are some other questions that you'll need to use to get insight to the company and to the agent. But certainly, as it relates to improving agent performance, sentiment is a really good way of, of teaching and helping the agent with their softer skills and then how people react to what they say. You guys have, have made a, a, a really big change when it's come to channels and interactions that, that customers are dealing with. I mean, I, I know you've seen it in all the studies. We're seeing it when, it's, when it's, we're saying the, the move from the traditional kind of multi-channel contact center, right? The, the voice, the chat, the email to getting more to omni-channel and then moving to, to the digital aspect. You know, there's, there's not an RFP that we've had in the last 18 months that has not now had some type of, of digital aspect of it. So there's definitely a shift. Can you kind of just, I guess, talk to that? Do you, do you see voice still as king? You obviously are positioning your products for this kind of digital onslaught that I think is, we are, that is happening now. Maybe just kind of talk a little bit of where you, where you see kind of that digital aspect and, and the big change that is, is coming or, or really has come. Yeah. So first of all, you know, a lot of us are used to voice and a lot of us have voice heritages because that's been the biggest channel from the past, right? In addition to that, we are seeing a lot more omni-channel, whereas, you know, customers want access to eight or 10 more channels anywhere from you know, kind of the more legacy email to chat to other social channels to SMS, you know, and and so they're they're starting to want to do much more of that than they have in the past. And then we're also seeing more interactions that just never even get to the contact center. They can start and stop on a website or on a mobile device or in social media. And so there's a ton of new interactions that almost aren't given to a traditional channel to an agent. And so as you look at, you know, kind of where we see the future in some of the acquisitions we've done recently is to is to make sure that we cover every interaction, regardless of channel, and that we cover that interaction right from the moment of need, you know, right from the Google search or the or the website or the something on your mobile app or phone. And a lot of interactions can be solved right there. 
you know, and then those that don't can go into a more, you know, kind of bot-like self-service model. And those that don't can continue in that channel to an agent. And so we think about not only just voice and channels, but then the the self-service related to the channels and then the originating moment in that channel and how to make it smarter. So we look at that whole continuum and we look at now every interaction, regardless of its voice, digital channel, or not even a digital channel. It's a digital experience before they Mm -hmm. get to the channel. How are you guys even dealing with, you know, from the social side, right? New new social networks are popping up, right? Every, all the time, right? So how do you, you know, kind of stay, I don't want to say on top of it, or or is the, the tools that you have, it doesn't really matter what's coming up? Like, how, how have you thought that through? Well, a lot of these new social channels are different, but the great news for us and for everybody really is, is that since we've built a, a, a digital framework within the products, you know, we can add new channels really quite easily. We have over mm-hmm. 30 channels today. And it's different in Russia than it's different in Spain. Right. It's different in Asia and it's different in the U.S. as to what channels people use. But we've built a framework and a system to allow it to be easy to add channels both as a company and then as, as then customers to use more of our channels. Can you talk about the kind of the three recent acquisitions that you made with with MindTouch, Contact Engine, and GoMoxie. What did you like about those? Where do you see them fitting into the platform? How is that going to enhance what, what CX1 is moving forward? You know, so when we looked at those different acquisitions, I think it comes under this the first premise, which is, look, there are billions of needs events with our customers every day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those needs events are not getting to the contact center. And so how can we help companies manage all those needs events and solve them wherever they start? So we believe our job is not just to manage the channels that get to the contact center and not just to provide a little bit of self-service to those channels, but our job is to, to, to help a company be successful at every needs event, however it starts and whatever its journey needs to be. So when you think about that and you go through some of the acquisitions we did, for example, when you think of MindTouch, we we now call the product CX1 Expert. Basically what it does is it enables uh, companies to be relevant from a Google search. So you, you, you go to Google, you press, I need to know this about my dishwasher or whatever. Mm-hmm. It first helps make sure that the company that, that they're, the customer's trying to get to is found. So we've created a lot of special algorithms in, in the search that makes us be found. The second thing is, is it presents the relevant knowledge based on the search up to the person immediately. And so it really starts to solve this idea around, you know, Google searches and touch points that start there. Yeah, it also uh, gives us a lot of extra, you know, power and knowledge management and agent assistance. But we really looked at it as, as two two areas of help. One is to really help agent assistance on one side, but on the other side, it's a really good beginning touch point for Google searches. And and uh, and our desire to be relevant at every touch point for our customers. 
The, the second one uh, is Moxie, and Moxie has a, a product they called Guide, and, and we call it CX1 Guide. But what it does is it really is uh, a, a great tool for managing the website interaction. So if you, when you think about the website, what people have done in the past is, is they, they, they put a chat bot on their website, but literally only two or 3% ever touch the chat bot and say, I want to chat. Right. But a lot of people still have issues and need guidance on the site. So what guide does is it, it, it provides, it sits there on the site and it creates knowledge that's given to the person on the site in a much more intimate and, and, and kind of smart way. So, so the guide first by helps by giving the consumer guidance of knowledge. I saw you're here, you struggled to choose a card. Let me help you with this information. So it's proactively delivering information, not just uh, a chat experience. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then from the information, if they want more, they can then get to a self-service chat or to an agent chat. Um, but it, it, it's a product that manages the whole structure of the web experience. And, and uh, because so few people move from a website to a chat, we felt like there was a lot of technology that would help the consumer more on the website with just the right knowledge at the right time. Um, to manage that experience. And if they still need more, they can move to a chat. So Guide gives us those capabilities where we can help companies be far more effective in how they use their websites. And, and we're seeing really, really amazing returns from companies that are getting a wonderful ROI from just making the website so much more personable and smarter through knowledge. You know, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but you know what you've not said for like 10, 15 minutes is is call center or contact center. Like it's amazing how we've seen this shift, right? From it's not just even you guys being a, a, a we're not just a cloud contact center now, right? We're, we're kind of an interaction. Wherever you are, we're going to kind of be there. You know, moving to the website, the whole customer journey, you guys have really kind of really thought through. It's really interesting to see kind of the evolution, especially you know when you just gave that first kind of opening monologue of where you guys started and what you did to now. You know, some of the things you're working on. It's that's pretty pretty amazing. Now it's a big change in the journey, but we're excited. We're we think there's so much. It's a very exciting time in customer experience, right? And I use the word customer experience, not just contact center, because it is a broader yeah. region. And the third thing we did was with the acquisition of Contact Engine is it gave us a really good proactive system to create positive, proactive conversations digitally. And what we found in our, in our research and diligence is, is that there's a lot of really good applications for proactive self-service. That doesn't, not just, it's not just an event. You know, it's not like, hey, I, you need to know this. It's a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're seeing so many good instances where companies can much more effectively provide service proactively in a digital conversation, and they can solve really big issues proactively through digital that is a, a lot less expensive. And and the CSAT on it is really impressive as to what it does when you proactively go out and help with information. I mean, we, I'll give you an example. We uh, work with one of the bigger uh, manufacturers of, of kitchen appliances. And, and they use what, you know, our tool, our proactive tool 
to reach out to them in an SMS in advance and say, this is the size of the dishwasher. Are your doors bigger? Or, you know, do you have the right hookups? And, and you, can we carry it through your house with your corners? And, and so that when we get there, you know, we don't have to say, oh, we can't do this or, you know, there's this problem here or there. And so, and, and we get out proactively and we, and we can have this automated conversation in advance that solves in many cases, most of those issues that doesn't bring it back to the contact center. And yet it creates a very happy customer. And so oftentimes, you know, contact centers, they'd get events through their CRMs and they'd start getting their agents to call and it wasn't effective. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and then to be able to reach out in a much more efficient, proactive digital way, we find it has a really great return. And, and this product works for Fortune 100s. It works for lots of different types of customers. But um, another example of, of moving up to that needs event that you, know, that, that, that you probably know about because your ERP or CRM told you something's going to happen. Yep. You then get out and get in front of it in a very, you know, kind of personal and, a, and conversational way with digital tools. Now, that's it's almost amazing technology. And, and I think how you guys can kind of integrate and tie that stuff together on the platform and make it kind of a, kind of a universal tool is, is pretty impressive. You know, getting into kind of the end here, you know, one of the last questions that I have for you is, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you probably get this a lot, but as kind of a leader in the space and always kind of looking over the horizon, where are you seeing, you know, the contact center, maybe five, 10 years, and maybe if you want to put it into the context of, of, of CX1 and kind of, you know, where you see that going, but what does a thousand seat or a, or a 10,000 seat contact center, is there, is there a big change in, in what it looks like? Or you know, what are some of the things that you can kind of maybe allude to of, of what you think may be coming down the road or how we may be interacting down the road? I think, first of all, we have to recognize that more and more of the interactions are not going to be at the contact center. They're mm-hmm. going to be in a lot of different places. And so as companies, we have to get really good at interactions in general. And we need to be able to, to meet the consumer where it starts in a very personalized and smart way. And then we need to take them on that journey, which could be simple, quick information all the way to complex contact center with an agent conversations, right? And so the ability to really be really intelligent at the doorstep and yet have the entire journey where necessary to the completion that could be complex, to have that whole capability is going to become really important because it's not enough just to be a good contact center mm-hmm. and it's not enough to have a couple point solutions. You need that, that whole set of interactions to have a common journey and a common process. And it needs to be personalized and smart. So first of all, I think that everybody's going to have to get good at interactions. Then what I think is going to happen is there'll be more interaction channels and there will be more new types of interactions that will come. And a new channel could be, you know, people call someone else through Teams as an example, right? And that would be almost like making a telephone call. Or a new interaction could be that your fridge sends you a text when, you know, the coolant's close to being out. And it starts a proactive conversation with you about your fridge. So this is where I think you'll see 
that there's going to be, you know, first of all, a lot of different types of channels and interactions. And a lot of them will be beyond the traditional contact center. Last question, fun question. Do you guys have conversations on like way outside technology, right? Like, like virtual reality or, you know, those types of things that, that probably don't really have a use case in the space now. But you know, if we, if we want to talk about maybe my kids or even before that, they may have some type of, of use case. What, what do those, like, do you have any kind of brainstorming of the, I don't know, kind of the way out there stuff that you guys talk about or, or how does that work or play into it? Or do you not like, Tom, this is a stupid question. Like how, how does that kind of go into what you guys do? You know, I think that there will be changes, right? And, you know, I think back in the last 10 years, we wouldn't have thought 20 years ago, you could use your phone and have somebody pull up to pick you up in an Uber in 30 seconds. <laughs> right, right, true, you, right. You wouldn't think that you could rent your neighbor's house, you know, through the web and do mm-hmm. it within 10 minutes, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't think of a lot of things that now are common to us every moment, right? And in 10 years, there'll be more of those, right? And it could be that, you know, you go into a retail store with virtual reality and you look through the store as if you're, you know, in a 3D environment mm-hmm. and your representative could come to you in another, you know, with virtual reality as a 3D person as well. And you can talk and look at clothing and, you know, and actually touch things, right? So they're going to keep coming and you see there's going to be new platforms, right? And you see the reason why people like Facebook buy into virtual reality is because it becomes a new platform. Right. And older platforms will go away like traditional Facebook and newer platforms will come. And as those come, then it is our job to make sure that there's a, a great service experience or interaction experience that comes with it. No, hey, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your time. Uh, this has been pretty enlightening. Again, I, two of these questions came right from uh, right from some of the listeners, so I know that there was a there was a lot of kind of hype, and, and that people were pretty excited from at least from our little niche of the of the neck of the woods of of the podcast. So again, I I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, any we're gonna have uh, interactions. It's gonna be live next year. Is that that's the word on the street? I, you know, we don't know yet. We <laughs> Right. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's the Delta or the Lambda or what it might be nowadays. But anyway, you know, we'll, we'll, we would love to do it live. And if we can, we will. Right. All right, Paul. Hey, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And uh, hey, enjoy your weekend. We're recording this on a, on a nice Friday. So I appreciate the, the time on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Take care and, and good luck. And thanks for the time. All right, Paul.